Hey, 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 teacher friend. Welcome back to episode number 10, where we are going to take a close look at Lighthouse Learning, the dream school, homeschooling business that God blessed me with back one year and four months ago. I want to share what a day in the life looks like at this homeschool so that you can see the possibilities and customize it any way that you would like to. I hope you feel inspired. I hope that you are able to take away some of these ideas and implement them right now, either into your classroom or you're going to take out that notebook that I talked about in episode nine and start writing down some ideas for your dream school homeschooling business because this is what we're doing. We are doing this together. I am not here to just shine my teacher light for the world to see only my school. I want to help you create your dream school homeschooling business. And it starts right now, wherever you are, no matter the place, no matter the time, no matter the distance, I am here for you. Connect with me on social media at Teacher Let Your Light Shine. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Make sure you head on over to the Facebook group, Teacher Let Your Light Shine group, where we can have more of a connection and deeper relationship with one another. Or send me an email at teacherletyourlightshine at gmail.com. What does a day look like at Lighthouse Learning? Keep listening. Welcome, teacher, to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. All right, so today I'm going to share with you what a day looks like at Lighthouse Learning. And to be honest with you, each day, of course, is a little bit different. It depends on the week. If we're having a unit studies week, we just finished our Johnny Appleseed slash Apple week, which was super wonderfully engaging and fun and just lovely, just lovely. It also depends on the month. It depends on the community service projects that we have going on. It depends on the projects, guest speakers. It depends on our gardening unit, what we're having. It just depends on so much. And you know that. You know that. But for the basic every day-to-day routine, this is what I'm going to share with you today. Now, back in episode nine, I did talk about the process in which I utilize in an effort to create the vision for the school. And the vision, therefore, 
creates the weeks and the months and ultimately what happens each day. But let's start with a typical week, a typical day. What happens at Lighthouse Learning? Well, at 8 o'clock in the morning, now this is the way that I've set it up. Remember, what's really great about your dream school or homeschooling business is that you can set it up any way that you'd like. I'm just going to share with you what I envisioned for this season of Lighthouse Learning. Could it change in the future? Absolutely. Does it have to be the same for you? No. Pick and choose what you can see happening within your own business, your own school. I love the feeling of a gentle approach morning. Now remember, my parents need me full time. That's how I set up Lighthouse Learning. I marketed my services for families who needed full-time support and education for their children. I knew that that's what I would be providing for my own children. Therefore, I thought, the more the merrier, let's do this together. So we start off our morning, no matter the weather. Now, if it's raining, we'll be in my garage, but my garage door is up and the students are outside playing at eight o'clock in the morning as students arrive. I ask parents to try their best to get here by 8.30. That's not always possible for some families, depending on traffic, depending on the circumstance. But there's freedom and there's flexibility. They can drop their children off anytime after 8 o'clock. Now, because the children know, oh my goodness, my friends are going to be outside playing, it just allows for them to want to come to school, to get up in the morning, to come see their friends. They know that they don't have to hit the doors, hear the bell, go straight to their seat and start their morning work. They just get that time to be outdoors in the sunlight. And even if it's cool now, yes, I live in Florida, so we do have a milder climate in the winter. Even if it's hot, we are outside. We bundle up if it's cold and we spend our time in the garage if it is raining. It also helps with traffic coming in and out from the front door and my dog barking, me running to the front door. It's just it's just beautiful. It's just very gentle and I have a table set up outside. So as the students are arriving and they're playing, they are either playing soccer, playing basketball, swinging on the swing, doing some type of game with one another, playing tag, jump rope, sidewalk chalk, whatever their little hearts desire. I have my table set up to where I can call students over and have them practicing their sight words with me. I can conference with them during this time and clarify any necessary information having to do with their work. Or I'm just enjoying my time with them. I'm talking to them. I'm watching what they're doing. I'm observing Sometimes once everybody arrives, we walk around down my street and sometimes we take even longer walks. It just depends. It depends on the weather. It depends on what our day is going to be like. But I have found that this is the most beneficial start to the day. I did this last year and I continue to do it this year. Students are collaborating, they're building, they're creating, they're drawing, they're designing, or they're just playing and they're doing it outside. If for some reason we need to bring it inside, I still continue that gentle morning approach. When everybody arrives, I do have a table set up with different activities that they can choose from and they wait and play together or brainstorm together different activities to choose from. 
This is not the time for technology. This is not the time to hit the books. It's a time for children to be children and feel safe and feel nurtured and feel ready to start their day. I mean, I don't know about you, but do you like to hit the door running? Because I don't. I like a gentle way of easing into my day. Then at nine o'clock, after we've exercised, we've taken a morning walk, we meet together first thing outside on my back porch. Last year it was in our living room and we start with a community meeting. We say our prayers. We talk about whatever's on their heart. Sometimes my volunteer is here and she's sharing something about her life. My assistant is here as well and she's sharing something. It's just a really nice start to the day and we always end it with a prayer before we go inside. Once we go inside, that's when our block really occurs. Now, actually, I take that back. It doesn't start at 9 o'clock. It starts at about 8.45. So about 8.45 to 9 o'clock is when we have our community meeting. From 9 to 12, all students go to their designated seat, which I have my younger students up in my front room. I have my older students in our, what I would call, sitting area. It's where our fireplace is, and it's just a smaller room. But that's majority of where all of the classroom anchor charts and content is displayed. So the older students are in there and then the younger students are in the front room. We start out, they get out their little folders that go home. They do have optional homework that most of them do participate with. We celebrate, put away our take-home materials and then start our morning off with journal writing. I believe journal writing is an amazing skill for children to develop. I think it's a lifelong skill that if we know how to get our thoughts down on paper and express ourselves. It's advantageous for the writing process and for the communication process. So that takes place for about 10 to 15 minutes. So again, they're gently easing into their morning. I really find that having rhythms throughout our day helps with routines throughout our day. Afterwards, students either share their journal writing or conference with me and my assistant over their journal writing. And then we start the real content of the day. So whatever group I'm working with, the other group, typically the younger group, is working with my assistant and they have different activities that they're doing. They are either doing poetry reading, working on sight words, reading stories with one another, participating in little centers such as Reading Eggs is a computer program that also has a math component while my assistant is working one-on-one with a student, and then possibly two other students reading together out of their leveled reader. I'm predominantly working with the older students, and really, I am teaching little mini lessons and helping them get set up for their day because at this age, fourth grade and beyond, they're becoming so much more independent. So all I focus on is teaching a really punch-filled lesson so that they are getting the biggest bang for their buck and then they're able to kind of process on their own. And then we switch. And then they go in with my assistant And she continues either monitoring what they are already working on or she will pick up on something that I left off. Maybe it's something in our history lesson, in our science lesson. Maybe they're going to centers or they're doing some work on the computer while she is conferencing with one of our students. And then I begin working with the younger students. I have heard many families who homeschool like to start with the younger students. And that's a fabulous idea. Personally, I have tried it that way and felt it was very successful 
successful, but now I'm doing it the opposite and working with the older students first because I like having that moment with them where I can teach them their lesson and then give them a purpose for working independently or working with partners. It just seems to work so beautifully because they enjoy their independence. They enjoy setting goals. They enjoy prioritizing what they're going to work on first, who they're going to work with in a certain subject. So it helps set their course because they're not completely independent. They need self-directed learning, but they also need direct instruction. Once I meet with my younger students, they've had that time where they've been working within a group, they've been working with partners, they've been working a little bit independently, almost in a center type of formation. Whereas now I'm giving direct instruction based on their specific needs. To be honest with you, the younger students, there are definite differences in the way that they learn and what they are learning. Of course, it's the same for the older students, but I have students who are learning to read and those who are reading to learn. So you have such a big discrepancy when you have the younger students, whether it's letters and sounds, fluency, comprehension, and that's different than the older students who are already either fluent or more along the lines of proficient reading, and they really are reading to learn. Is there individualized instruction between both age groups? Yes. Now, please keep in mind that I have first graders, second graders, fourth grader, and there are some differences between each of those students within that age group. And because we're such a small group, there's eight students and I work with four at a time. There's so much individualization that occurs. And in addition, we have other times throughout our day where I work one-on-one with students and different days as well. And what I mean by that is on Thursdays and Fridays, that's where I begin conferencing one-on-one with students, especially my older students, clarifying any misconceptions or enriching them in any area that I have seen necessary throughout the week. After our morning block of learning, which occurs typically between 9 and 12, we then head outside for lunch. We eat lunch on the back patio. We eat lunch outside in nature. If we're on a field trip, we go to the park, we go on a picnic, or we just hop in my van and we travel down the street to our neighborhood park and we have lunch there. We try to find different sceneries throughout the week to go to for lunch. But on a daily basis, it's either on my back porch or at the park. Now, when the weather gets colder, we set up in one of the two rooms that I actually teach in. And they love having lunch in there as well. Our afternoon block is really fun. Like I said, I try to have rhythms into our day. So as soon as we get back from the park, that's been a high time of playing and collaborating. Now we're just easing back into our afternoon. The lights are dimmed. They have time to read. I don't know if you have have ever read the research on children reading after lunch, but it is very impressive having children reading after lunch and playing after lunch. Both of those two go hand in hand. So children eat lunch, they play, and they read. There is a lot of research that has been done in this area. So after recess, if you could get your students into a position where they get to choose their book, where they get to decompress after recess, you are going to see such an improvement in their focus and their engagement once you start moving back into academic time. After the read to self time, or we're either reading to the students or students are reading to us during this time, we have a 30 minute, and this is so cute, we started it this year, study hall. 
hall. Yes, we have a study hall where 30 minutes students are given the quiet time to work on their individual work no matter what age they are and then they can come to my assistant and I for additional help or we utilize this time to pull students and work on a specific area that they need help in. And then we're back to our whole group academic time which typically involves art, music, science, social studies, any hands-on project that we have throughout any of our subjects. And if we are in a unit study, this is where the fun really starts happening. And we have about an hour to do this at the end of the day. We also have learning centers where students rotate around between two and three centers to do something educational on the computer or educationally aligned to what we've been learning. When it was Apple Week, we were taste testing, experimenting, creating, STEM projects, cooking, you name it, this is the really fun time of the day. I mean, think about it. The kids are tired and making sure that they have that time to be engaged at the end of the day, they just go home happy. They just do. They just go home happy and fulfilled. They're not sluggish anymore because you have them up and doing activities that are fun, motivating, or they are given the choice to go to a special center. Last but not least, at the very end of the day, remember, I definitely felt it heavy on my heart that children have had these life experiences, these children have chore time. Many of them will tell you that it is their very favorite time of the day. And if we ever miss chore time because we have run into time getting cut short because of whatever we were doing beforehand, they will say, are we not going to do chores today? How come we're not doing chores today? It's so adorable. I have a system set in place where all of our cleaning materials are. Each child has a job for that week. They vacuum, they dust, they mop, they clean the bathroom, they disinfect, they clean up our restaurant, which is on the back porch, they Windex, they take out trash, and they beautify our school. And they make it to where they want to come back the next day because they take pride in it. There's so much camaraderie during this time. I also have a mailman who helps me take all of the graded papers and put them into everyone's folder we pack up, we have snack, and we end the day outside and parents are waiting in their cars and students get in to see their parents just like a car rider line at school. Super sweet. Right now, during this season of my life, I really wouldn't dream of it being any other way. So take that idea notebook and start jotting down some ideas that I shared in this episode or maybe something that you have to add on. I would also love to answer any of your questions about our time spent throughout the day and also to hear your ideas if you have another idea that I could implement at Lighthouse Learning or that you could implement for your dream school I would love to hear about it please make sure you stop by to our teacher let your light shine Facebook group and just enjoy enjoy the possibilities of making your day of teaching so fulfilled and so beautiful hey hey teacher friend thanks so much for listening to today's show I pray it inspired you touched you or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the Virtual Teachers Lounge, known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.